Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of From the Mailbag. I'm Dan Morant. And I'm Robbie Carmen. And yo, 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 I'm Patrick Inhofer. And in this episode of From the Mailbag, I've got a question from none other than my compatriot on the Tau of Color newsletter, my editor-in-chief, Jim Wicks. And he's asking about nomenclature that we all use for rendered deliverables. How do you render your, how do you name your renders for client approval? Uh, And he's saying client approval here, but I'm kind of also going to assume just general deliverables to a client. Uh, You know, he kind of goes name a project underscore date underscore version one. Um, And some days you'll have two or three different versions. Uh, And yeah, he's wondering what do we do? Do have we found there are better ways of keeping track of our our rendered material for client approvals and deliverables. And and my answer is, yeah, but no. I mean, uh, the one thing I don't like that drives me insane is name of timeline underscore final. Oh man, the the final thing. I mean, come on. This should, this should be like a tattoo. Dan, you should get this tattoo. Like, never name anything final. I mean, fi- if you name something final, this should just be common knowledge. You name something final, it's not going to be the freaking final thing. No. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. You're cursing yourself. You call it version one, and there's sometimes a chance you don't go past version one. You That's call true, it right, final, you- and it's always it's going. Final, 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 really final. You know, that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> final um, Tuesday afternoon. Exactly. I do, you know, wh- one of the ways I manage how I send stuff to clients, uh, on my personal end, on my personal hard drives, I've got a hard drive that's just there for renders. It's my deliverables drive. And so I separate out my camera's original stuff and all the stuff I get from clients and I've got another drive that's just the stuff I render out. And I'll hold on to that for a little while. And I don't feel bad about blowing that stuff away because I can always re-render it if I need it, you know. And, and so I'll keep a folder for a client. And under there will be uh, to the client is what I named that folder. And under there will be finals, <laughs> which are my final deliverables. But I'll, I'll version them out. I'll name them different versions. And then there will also be a folder for client approvals. And so I'll do all my client approval renders uh, to that particular folder, and I'll increment them out, version 1, version 2, version 3. If it's going to a client where they're going to load it on an iPad, I'll often say, you know, version 1 red, version 2 yellow, just so that they have an idea of that's the red version, that's the yellow version. But, um, yeah, I don't really – I find if I make it much more complicated than that, I'm toast. Yeah, yeah, that's good. No, that's good. I I, I, – I've experimented a lot with this over the years. In fact, I, I've you know used things like Post Haste. I don't know if you guys know that. That's like Post. Oh yeah. Yeah. Post Haste is like an application where you can set up like standardized folder structure and that kind of stuff. And uh, with my buddy Rich Harrington, who I do a lot of work with um, uh, on Lynda.com and other elsewhere, we had this thing called the Common Media Folder. Kind of you know the idea is the same to kind of come up with a a standard folder structure. Um, the way that I handle this this day, and I'll get to Jim's question about the actual file name in a second, but what I do is I have in any given project, let's call it, you know, National Geographic Project, right? In that project folder, I'll have two subfolders, um, client stuff, I'll call, you know, National Geographic stuff or whatever, right? And then I'll have, you know, Amigo work. Amigo is the name of my company. So I have these two folders. In that client folder, it's everything that they delivered to me, right? So it's original media, it's the original project file, because I'm constantly worried about screwing something up, right? So I want to be able to have to be able to go back to something if I need to. What I generally do from that folder, their client folder, is I will duplicate 
their original project file, which is usually Premiere Pro project file or a Final Cut Pro project file. And I'll drag that up to like the Amigo work folder, which is my, you know, my working folder. Now in my folder, what I usually have is a standard set of folders. I have fixes, right? That makes sense. Uh, fixes that I'll get throughout the project from the client. I'll have a folder called mixes. Uh, I'm, I uh, am partnered with an audio company, so I get mixes all the time from them. So I'll dump them into there. Um, I have a folder called resolve renders. Uh, that's the folder that I use and point resolve to when I render individual clips, right? And then I have a folder called output, which is what I use for my final outputs. I think very much in the same way you were talking about, Pat, and sort of where you get things to go to. And that could contain subfolders like version one, version two, whatever. Uh, and then I have a folder called XMLs, which is just really for me where I kind of do all the handoff stuff back and forth between Resolve and whatnot. Um, now, the way that I actually name files really depends on what I'm doing. If I need to render back individual clips and then put that on a Premiere timeline, Final Cut timeline or whatever, I usually name things uh, in a very uh, standard way. The name of the show, the name of the render date, right? As, 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 um, as Jim pointed out. Uh, and then I put something like, and this changes depending on my mood, but something like graded or color corrected or something like that, right? So that they know when they look into that file, it's like, oh, video track one, here's the shot number. It's the name of the project and graded. I'll even take that a step further just to add one more bit of detail on a final deliverable, on something that is going to the client is supposed to be the final version. I will also add... 24p ProRes HQ422 in there as part of the file name, so the editor knows the frame size and frame rate that that file should be. Totally. So, so it, I, I, that's that's a good point today. I should probably start adding that. So I have this, you know, in my Resolve Renders folder, I'll have these individual clips named something. Now, if I need to render out a self-contained final file. I actually, to be honest with you, I seldom do that from Resolve these days. I, I usually have to remarry uh, text and audio and that kind of stuff. And I know I could do that in Resolve. I just tend to do that a lot of times out of the NLE, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but that final file, like the actual self-contained single QuickTime or MXF or whatever that I'm creating, um, I name it the project name, the date, uh, and then I will put technical information like you just said, like so like graded 16 by nine, uh, you know, 2398, ProRes HQ and whatever, whatever. And uh, just just do me a favor and save the universe by not putting like weird characters, periods, things like that. Oh, oh yeah. my God, never. <laughs> you know, use use that use sucks. underscores for this kind of thing or dashes. Yep. Uh, yep. They're just they're just much much better. Um, Dan, so you've heard how Pat and I do it. How do you do it? Yeah. So first thing I should probably go for is I work in a Linux world, so your last point is completely up yes, my street. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I basically ta like type in caps and underscores in real life now because of it. Uh, because uh, in Linux it sorts uppercase and lowercase separately, so we always label stuff uppercase. Um, from a file point of view, we have a pretty rigid folder structure um, because I am on what size is our? I think our SAN is like seven or eight hundred terabytes what? now. So you've got what? like <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like our FTP server is bigger than most people's storage. <laughs> Dude, you're about to hit the peta range. Uh, we're going to, and we've got a backup server that's in uh, a warehouse. Just don't buy it. Don't just don't buy it. Just don't buy it from Sony. A couple of years ago at NAB, they came out with the pedophile. It was their uh, the, yeah, oh, <laughs> the yeah. pedophile. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody with Japanese marketing did not check with the English marketing about that one. 
<laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, because ours is shared storage, uh, we have a dedicated like uh, we actually work very differently than because we're actually very DPX based. So I tend to label my folders better than my files because <clears throat> when you're looking at um, like actual folder structure. You're just going to see thousands of DPXs where if you see the folder that's called renders and stuff like that, you're going to work with it. Uh, so whenever I make a project, it's always um, the name of the job. So it's going to be, say, for example, sexy car. Then inside that, I'm going to have a source folder, which is going to be all the camera rushes or any graphics or anything like that. Then we have a render folder, which is our, imagine like a dailies. Like, so every day you render like approval copies and stuff like that. Uh, then I'll have an offline uh, folder, which is all my like QuickTime references. I'll have an EDL folder that shows you how old school my company is. Instead of XML, it's EDL folder. Same kind of thing. Uh, and then apart from that, it's like a, another folder called references, where, where you just dump in all those reference images. Uh, and that's pretty much standard for everything. Uh, and when it comes to labeling, I am an absolute douchebag. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm don't so bad. say it. I'm like underscore. Uh, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, client brighter. Oh, you know, hold uh, on a second. You're the you're the guy that's like <laughs> cool shot, great shot, right? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Awesome right, shot. Right, right, right. Um, I'm better now, but at one point, my boss, the head of grading, said, "If you weren't so damn good at grading, we would definitely fire you." <laughs> that's I mean, that's an important point. I mean, th- th- I mean, like you know, this kind of stuff. It seems trivial, right? I mean, it seems like whatever how you name it, but like you think about it, like. If I if you hand off a project, you deliver a project to somebody, you might know the person that you're handing off that project to, but you have you have no idea how many ways, I mean, clients can screw things up so many ways. Actually, this brings up a, a, an interesting point. One of the things I've started doing on the drives that I actually deliver to a client, forget all the file naming stuff, I actually put on the main level of the drive a readme file, right? That explains oh, exactly yeah. where things are organized, how things link together, etc. Now, I'm a little different in the sense that, I don't know about you guys, I give back the client everything that we create. Um, I, I think oh, that a, lo- a cool. lot of places give just like, you know, the final, I mean, the final bit, you know. Now, I will say I don't give back my, my intellectual property. I don't give back like a resolved project file. Oh, yeah, yeah, me either. But I do give back all of the individual shot renders, all of their original footage, all kinds of stuff. Because to a lot of our clients, especially broadcast clients, they want to take my drive, the drive I delivered to them, and then just archive that off as like the final thing that's the entire show. Yeah, and I'll do that too. Especially for broadcast clients, they're going to want those individual clips. They're going to want the XML that puts the whole thing back together again. If you like, if you like Robbie, if you're like Robbie and you're actually getting it out of Resolve, putting it back together in a in Premiere or Final Cut, you're going to give them the Premiere or Final Cut project. Um, yeah, I do all of that. And like you, I don't give them my Resolve project. That I, like, you, like you said, I consider that to be my intellectual property. If you want that, you're going to have to negotiate that with them. No, that, that's exactly it. I, mean, I've ha- I have had clients that, uh, that I've delivered those projects to, but that's kind of like, you know, and clients are like, why, why didn't you give me this? I'm like, because that's what you're paying me for to do. Like, I'm not going to, like, just give you, you know, give you this. This is my... Yeah, that's like adding your wedding... You're asking your wedding photographer to give you the Photoshop file. Exactly. It's just yeah, not exactly. going to happen. Not, 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 yeah. not, not going to well. And then, Jim, yeah. Jim, I would add one last thing to Jim's thing, uh, too, that I think that is not said in this question, but I think is equally important. 
Um, don't just forget about this deliverable part of it, right? Because, you know, the client obviously is the most important part. That's how you get paid. Uh, but, you know, in along the same lines, think about how you're actually going to archive this stuff and put it back into a sort of deep freeze, if you will. Um, you also need to come up with a system for that. And I try to, in my end, I at least try to replicate that type of system. Um, I, 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 you know, back up, uh, you know, at the end of every project, I export a DRP of every project, right? So I have a self-contained project file that I store with all the other stuff, right? Um, and then uh, when it comes to the actual, you know, going back to LTO or hard drive or whatever, uh, I keep the full, I don't delete anything. I keep the, ho the whole folder structure intact because what I'm terrified about, and it hasn't happened very often, client comes back like four years from now and says, hey, we need to do that. And I don't have that stuff. So I've actually started working into my client contracts um, I've started working in uh, a fee for archival, so oh, I get, we do that for sure. Yeah, so I get every client, I get every client to buy included an LTO tape and then an hour of archive time. Yep, yeah, we we actually really strict about that. Um, I had a job that was from last August, and the guy's like, "Oh, we need to change five shots." Uh, it's like, okay, well, there's a five hundred dollar restoration fee because it's a feature film. You know, it's like, and then he's like, oh, okay. You know what? It's fine. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I don't need to change those five shots. Yeah. That, that should be slightly more silhouetted. No, actually it doesn't matter. <laughs> and well, so hopefully Jim, I, I think we went from render nomenclature to covering really the whole gamut of uh, what it takes to manage our, our folders and our projects and archiving. And because all of this is part and parcel of the same kind of question. So, uh, Jim, I hope that answers your question. And for Mixing Light, I'm Patrick Inhofer. I'm Robbie Carman. I'm Dan Moran, and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.